1: You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball
0: and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, A podcast by Purple Row, the Rockies affiliate of SB Nation. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and I am joined here. It's just two-man crew for this episode. I'm joined by my good buddy here, Evan Lang.
1: Hey, I didn't die. Yay. Yeah,
0: so if you're kind of confused about, well, where have we been? We did record an episode last week, uh, but then uh, just hindering and obstacles with the editing process, Evan basically died. Um, and was just most recently resurrected this weekend. So if you're wondering why you haven't heard from us for a while, nature had other plans, but
1: yeah, we had, we had an episode recorded, um, fairly solid episode. And then I got super duper sick for basically the entire week. And, um, now who knows if that episode will even get posted. And then, uh, we, don't have Mac available for uh, this episode, so
0: we're we're gonna run a two man show. See how that goes. Yeah, because normally we we'll record on Fridays, but Mac is so important and busy. Uh... <laughs> so ooh, I
1: had to be at the ballpark on Friday, and then I'm going to a convention this weekend.
0: No, so he's doing some pretty good things. So <laughs> we, we just no, he's doing
1: he's doing cool stuff.
0: Yeah, so we we weren't able to to catch up with him, but as always that's a good problem to have more or less is if we're not able to do the podcast, it usually means we're doing something bigger and better or just something else with life, which, Hey, that's always good to hear.
1: Yeah. And we'll, we'll have him back. We'll probably have our full crew back for next week.
0: Hopefully. (laughs) But regardless, uh, we mentioned it on that last episode, but, We've also reached a one-year anniversary of us doing Affected by Altitude. Uh, maybe sometime we'll kind of re- rehash on that, but we just want to throw it out there. Thank everybody that's been, you know, tuning in and listening to us and joining in, in the conversation over the past year. It means a lot to us. We appreciate all the support and, you know, all those that tune in each and every week to hear us talk about Rockies baseball. It's been a crazy year, but fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I can't believe we've made it an entire, basically a year of doing this. I think the first episode of Affected by Altitude with us as the new crew went up on like June 20th of 2021 or something like that. Or we recorded on June 20th and it went up sometime relatively soon after that. And, you know, 36, 37 episodes later, here we are and it's been a
0: year. Yeah, so there's plenty of conversation to have Uh but how would you say we just hop right into it because there is a lot to talk about uh with the world of Rockies baseball in this past week or so. Or past couple of weeks, I guess. So, I guess we want to start off, Evan. Chris Bryant's back.
1: Chris Bryant's back. Huzzah. He's got after tonight's game, a whole what, five games under his belt since returning after uh, previously he only played 17 games for the entire season so far, almost all of those in April. And then he had two late may trying to come back from the IL before immediately getting shut back down again. And, you know, he's finally, finally back, still waiting for that power stroke, but he's looked pretty good. Uh, from what we've seen, especially tonight game's not over yet. It's almost over. Of course, Um, But in tonight's game against the Arizona Diamondbacks, he's three for four with two runs and an RBI. And, you know, no extra base hits. Those are all singles. But that is absolutely nothing to cough at when you're coming off of an extended period of inaction where, you know, he's barely, barely played this season. And then, you know, trying to get his, his timing and stuff down. In his, uh, his rehab starts down in Albuquerque, he, he wasn't really looking that good. So it's nice to have him back, and I'm hoping that just the consistent playing time and consistent at-bats and will finally start getting him back to where he needs to be. Because you can't rush him and, and expect him to immediately be uh, crushing the ball um, with, with high power numbers, something this team struggles with in general, um, right off the injured list. But he's off to a good start.
0: Well, you more or less need him back in the lineup because it's good to have him back. You spent all that money and you need him back in that lineup, you know, to hopefully bring some, I guess, consistency back to it. Kind of like they had back in April, which is something that you need and that that they've been missing since he's been gone. You know, things started to go downhill, so it's good to have him back, but yeah, we, we want that power stroke back. I think that's what everybody's waiting on is to see him reach his full potential, that to play as advertised and i don't think we still we still haven't seen that yet and that's what we're all waiting for
1: yeah i mean and he he's hitting 289 which is great but uh skyler as you and i have talked about uh average is pretty empty in the grand scheme of things unless you're putting it together with other stuff
0: yeah and like you no know, he he's been taking some good at bats you no know, even before his injury stints he took some good at bats would put the ball in play things. So we we've seen the bat, but it's that power numbers that we're really missing. And that could be said for a lot of the roster. And so once he starts hitting home runs, finally breaks that seal, I think things will start going on the up and up for him for the rest of this season. If he stays healthy, but it's paramount that he gets that power stroke, at least if he can put up, you no, know, realistically we'd hope he could put up like 20 or so home runs a year and that would be ideal but
1: and you know with with how late things are happening for him this year i'd be happy with you know 10 15 just anything to show that he's getting that power stroke back because before he went on the injured list, um, his last real game before his extended stint on the IL on April 25th, as of then, he was slashing 281, 338, 351. Like, that average and that on-base percentage, both really solid, but that slugging percentage is nowhere near where you want it to be for him. And he's taking good at bats. He's really not striking out that much in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, since returning here on uh, June 27th, he's played five games. He struck out once. Mm-hmm. Um so you're you're getting a good plate approach from him and he's getting on base he's getting these hits so now you just hope that eventually that power stroke's going to come with with time.
0: Yeah, especially with having played only like 17 games. So he's still basically as if the season's back in April for him. Which, you know, that's not ideal with where we're at. But you want him to start getting those reps in, showing good good outings. You no, know, roughly 16 plus strikeouts, not too many, eight walks or so. So he's still got those early season numbers. And hey, if he can, you no, know, finally find a hot streak, get hot, stay healthy, and just start drilling homers, blasting the ball across the ballpark, that's going to be really helpful and good for a lot of things.
1: Definitely, it's what we it's what we need him to do. It's what he was. He was brought on to do was to help solidify this lineup and win ball games, and uh for all the for all the issues with the rockies lineup it's definitely better with with him in it and it's definitely that we we need him to be here and be be a part of this team and it's, i'm you know not saying that he hasn't wanted to be here the whole time but you can definitely understand why you know fans would be frustrated um you know we spent all this money on him 182 million dollars for for him to come and join our team only for him to really barely play so far this year. And so now that he's back what you want to see is you want to see him on the field pretty much every day or at least as much as you can and getting as many at bats as he can to get him where he needs to be.
0: Yeah, and I think definitely his presence no cuz what did we hear when he signed and you no know, all the early articles and everything conversation coming out of the Rockies clubhouse is that they loved having Chris Bryant as a teammate, loved having him on the field with them, playing with him. take, Yeah, he's probably still there while he's injured, but, you know, that's still not the same impact as if he's out there suiting up on the field every day, taking his three, four at-bats, you no, know, playing in the outfield. There's that different dynamic when your leader's not able to be out there with you, you know.
1: Yeah, we've definitely heard um, players talk about where, there's, there's a huge difference between being with the team and not playing and being with the team and playing every day, mm-hmm. where your presence is just so much more felt when you are you know, suiting up and playing and having an impact on the team versus – I'm trying to remember who it was. It was an interview with somebody um, in the Rockies Clubhouse earlier this season uh, who said something to the effect of when you're not suiting up, you might as well not be there. Mm-hmm in terms of your overall impact because like leadership is great and all, but you're still there to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like to draw a parallel across like our Denver sports, you think of like the nuggets. No, if Nikola Jokic isn't on the floor or if he gets injured and he's not on the team at all, you know, not able to get out on the floor and help No, how much of a hit does the, do the nuggets take if Jokic isn't on the floor know as much as possible every night for a game you know that team's not doing very well and I think it's kind of the same along along the same lines here with the Rockies is you you don't have your leader on the field yeah he's in the dugout he'll talk to you he'll encourage you cheer you on but at some point you know you're not able to to see him in action no he's just sort of there hanging out and no he's not as engaged in the game like you're mentioning as say maybe Charlie Blackman is who's healthy. He's out there every night, type of thing. So
1: or like when um, when Gabriel Landeskog was out for the last part of the regular season mm-hmm. before the Avs hit the playoffs, yeah. is you know he's still the captain, but he's not making nearly as big an impact as it would be if he's hitting the ice every night. Mm-hmm. And and we saw that with you know the Abs did not look nearly as good with him. Out of the picture, even though the majority of the rest of their lineup was still intact, as they you know coasted towards the end of the regular season, and then when Landy came back, they they just clicked back on, and they rode that they rode that power they of of really having the whole team together, even when they lost guys like Kadri and, and Cogliano for for parts of time, um, in that in that playoff set, you still had the team set up and, and really ready to go mm-hmm. and and it's that kind of thing where there are certain guys who you can't lose or or losing them has way more of an impact than them not being there like imagine if Charlie Blackman wasn't playing regularly mm-hmm. and how big a hit this team would take without him there
0: yeah definitely you know that, that's that kind of goes into that conversation of intangibles you now we always talk about know the the stats and everything but there are those intangibles that don't show up on a stat sheet that really do make a big impact you No, know, and that's been a theme for the Rockies they like guys that are good clubhouse guys you no know, and they've been looking for a leader and Chris Bryant you no know, definitely has that potential to fill that role he wants to be that you no know, and Charlie Blackman's taken it on even though he really didn't want to do it he's grown into it you take those guys out of a lineup you lose their presence in that clubhouse or on the field, you know, things get rough. And so hopefully Bryant back in the lineup, we've seen Chuck start to rise, you know, in his performance over this past month. Hopefully Bryant back now healthy. He can start to follow suit, you know, get up to a 300 average or close to it and just start hitting some home runs, getting some nice at-bats put together and start hitting some extra base hits, driving in runs and helping the Rockies win some baseball games
1: yeah it's the, it's the extra base hits and and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but it really is the extra base hits that we need to see from him mm-hmm. and you know from the Rockies as a whole, we need to be seeing more extra base hits yeah that's
0: <laughs> that's the big thing you know, more home <laughs> more home runs, more extra base hits, more runs driven in because even with a two sixty team batting average, if you can't drive in runs, that really doesn't mean anything but that's a conversation we'll definitely dive into another time if not this episode maybe next time but kind of transitioning here this is a conversation we've had before no you've written about it we've all kind of talked about it with Bryant back now it kind of adds into more of the problem the Rockies have with no log jamming the roster guys do know that should be getting more playing time aren't able to get it just because they're just so crowded and everything and that kind of seems to be the case right now with Eliores Montero, you know, our prized third baseman prospect that we got in the Nolan Arnato trade from the Cardinals tearing it up down in AAA uh, this season, last season he was doing really good as well as in A Hartford made his debut this season. And you no, know, normally you'd expect a top prospect when he gets called up, he's going to get as many chances as possible. That's not really happening right now. And that, I think that's a source of frustration. Definitely. No, I think among a lot of Rockies fans here at Pur- and us here at Purple Row, but especially you, Evan, this is something you've been really passionate about.
1: Yeah, you can you can catch me complaining about it pretty much every day on Twitter when the Rockies put out their lineup of, oh look, another day of Ilaris Montero not being in the lineup when he desperately, desperately needs to be, and it's it's infuriating because. The, the Rockies are at, a, are at a point in their season where they are a hefty chunk of change back in their division. They're well below 500. They're like, yeah, a playoff spot, a third wild card spot, or something is not impossible. But they're going to need to, you know, have some kind of lightning strike where they would need to go on a real tear, basically win out for the rest of July uh, until the All Star break, and then in the second half, play some of the best baseball the team has ever played. And, you know, as cool as that would be to happen, you know, things like 2007, that, you know, 21 for 22 streak, that does not happen often. That is, that is something that's incredibly rare and you can't just hope that that's going to happen. And, you know, the Rockies are at a point where they need to make the decision of, is it time to tear it down for the season? And, if they do, then they need to be getting Ilaris Montero playing time literally every day. Mm-hmm. Even at this point, before tearing it down, there is no reason for him to not be getting every day playing time when he is up on the big league roster. He's been recalled three times, an option twice already. He's been up with the team right now since June 21st, and he's only made like three appearances. He's got a total this year total of 24 at bats over eight games Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's insane because if you are going to have your number five overall team prospect as ranked um by the mlb pipeline prospect ratings on your team then you need to be finding a way for him to get at bats every single day Mm -hmm. And there's definitely ways to do that. But if he's not going to get at bats and you're not going to play him, like it's been several days since he's even taken an at bat in a game. And, you know, he didn't start today. He didn't start yesterday. He's only started three total games this season, I think, of the eight that he's appeared in. Then you either need to just option him back down to Albuquerque and leave him there so he can get regular playing time. Or, and it's going to sound grumpy, and I guess it is, you need to trade him to a team that's actually going to use him and actually wants him. Because it's so frustrating, and the Rockies do this again and again and again. We've seen it happen with uh, Dom Nunez and Jonathan Daza and Raimel Tapia and Tom Murphy and Ryan McMahon to an extent, and all these different players where we have these guys, they need playing time, they don't get it until we've wasted everybody's time and options and money to get to a point where they're finally getting regular playing time. Rymel Tapia and Jonathan Daza didn't bust the big league rosters from training camp until they were totally out of options because the Rockies didn't want to expose them to waivers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, Montero, we've already burned an option for him this year. He's already been optioned multiple times. And, you know, you can only send a player for the new collective bargaining agreement up and down so many times in a season now. And we've burned several of those, and it's not fair to him, and it's 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 frustrating to the fans because he needs to be playing. There, there's no reason for him to not be playing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think thinking back, it's like it hasn't been since like you no know, Trevor Story that they've had a prospect they've called up you no know, opening day and said, okay, this position is yours now, and just go on from that. No, like you mentioned, Ryan McMahon, he's called up. Oh, maybe he's going to play first base. Nope, here's Daniel Murphy and Ian Desmond type stuff. Okay, he he moves to second because Arnaldo's at third and this type of stuff. But I think an easy solution to this is something we saw the Kansas City Royals do just recently. Carlos Santana's playing first base. You know, the Royals are out of the picture. Let's trade off. Carlos Santana, we've got a hot prospect down in AAA, you know, a highly touted, really exciting prospect at First Base. We're going to call him up. He's going to get to play every day now. You know, that would be the the simple solution that kind of lends into this other conversation of this logjam roster and a deeper conversation of they need to make some moves then. No, if they if they're serious about Montero, you need to open a space for him. You know, you see that across major league baseball. If you have a highly tuned prospect and you feel it's it's time for him to get big league at bats, you know, and be ready to contribute, then you make room for him. You find a spot. If there was a you no know, and unfortunately for the Rockies and for Montero, you no, know, they just signed the guy playing third base for six years. They've got the guy at first base signed on for a couple of years. And your DH, your outfield's full, so Charlie Blackman's DHing primarily, and along with Connor Joe. So there's really no space for him, and so yeah, I think it's kind of this this big problem. And I think the DH, the universal DH, has really thrown things for a loop with Bud Black because there's not as many pinch hit opportunities. There's not as often, you know, to bring a guy into a game late, and such. And so Montero's kind of stuck in this weird loop where. Oh, the times he has started, he has 10 strikeouts. Well, we can't start him every day then because he does, cause he has 10 strikeouts and only has a 167 batting average. But he has a 167 batting average because he's not getting regular playing time to see no, more at-bats, see more pitchers, get acclimated to the big league level. So it's this vicious cycle of calling him up. Oh, he's not immediately hitting three home runs every game. No, he's not Trevor Story every game we'll just let him sit on the bench because he's getting the experience, which I'm sure if you ask Montero, he's happy to be on the big league roster and whatnot. But I think he would also like many guys that get called up, especially one of his caliber right now. He's the one that he's the one who would, you would think would want to be there and thinks it feels like, Hey, I should be out there every day. I know what I can do. I know I could help this team. And so I'm, Put myself in his shoes, I'm sure it's very frustrating, as much as it is frustrating for us as third-party individuals. Yeah,
1: and I love the example you brought up with what the Royals did, is, you know, they're very much in the, in a similar spot as the the Rockies in terms of, quote-unquote, competitiveness and contention this season. And they have one of their top prospects in Vinny Pasquantino, and they cleared space for him, for a guy that they had, I think, I think still has a couple years left on his contract in, Mm -hmm. in Carlos Santana. They moved him off to a team that needed another bat and another first baseman in the, um, in the Seattle Mariners. And now uh, Vinny Pasquantino has space to play either at first base or at DH. And he's getting regular playing time and the Rockies need to do the same thing. Like I've, I've harped on this a lot, but guys like, Randall Gritchick and Jose Iglesias don't really have a long-term place on this team and offloading them to teams that could use their services clears up space in the long-term to make things more easier to get everybody playing time where you can have uh, Charlie Blackman cycle in and out of playing in the outfield and as DH if Gritchick doesn't need to be playing in the outfield every day. And then you can cycle Montero at third base, and Ryan McMahon could play uh, second base if you offload Jose Iglesias because like, Iglesias is on a one-year contract. He is not the future of this team. He's hitting well, but he's just—he's an average and on-base percentage hitter. He's not. Something that the Rockies are are really wholly benefiting from right now, whereas uh, a contending team could definitely use his services. Look at how he did with the Boston Red Sox last year, mm-hmm. and for the for the Rockies, starting with offloading Jose Iglesias immediately opens up the roster for shuffling to give more space for other guys. Where uh, this is this is what I've been harping on: you offload Iglesias, you move Rogers to shortstop, you move McMahon to second. And that opens third base for Montero to play. But even then, the Rockies should still be finding a way to cycle him in. Like, if he is not playing every day, they need to find a way for him to do it. And if it means that CJ Krohn has to cycle into DH more often for him to play at first base, or McMahon to DH, or something has to be moved around, then you've got to do it Mm -hmm. but it really is the rockies are at a point where they need to be thinking about trading a lot of different people and even even if that means trading someone like cj crone to a contender so that you can open up space for your prospects to play then you've got to consider doing it and i know that the rockies love cj and i love cj but if offloading cj crone to say the boston red Sox for some prospects that nets us not only some decent prospects to put into our farm system but gives Montero an every day spot to play then that's something you really need to consider and and it's so frustrating because this is something that the Rockies always do mm-hmm. and on every on every level of their farm system they have a tendency of not moving guys along fast enough of not giving them the right opportunities and then they get to the big leagues and we're not giving them the opportunities that they need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And with Montero, he needs to be playing. And it's the same for like, you You go back to Jose Iglesias. Jose Iglesias is playing shortstop almost every day. Well, Ezekiel Tovar is setting the world on fire down in A Hartford. He should, he should have already been promoted to A Albuquerque with a real sight on him being on the big league roster by the end of this season, but if Jose Iglesias is on the team, then there's no opening at shortstop for Ezekiel Tovar to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that opens up a lot of those those problems we've talked about. Is that that roster log jam. You know, and and if there's definitely a lot of moves and shuffling that can be done. No, I th- and it's not. I think that's the nature of today's game in Major League Baseball. You no, know, it is tough for a manager because you have to, you know, work around, you know, all these big name guys that need that probably should be getting more at bats. But then there's the financial commitment you have to some guys. Uh, okay, we're paying him this much. He needs to be out on the field. Whereas, like, you know, so you can't feel like you can't shuffle him around as much as you probably would want to. You no, know, because there's certain guys that you know, need certain amount of at bats for things and whatnot. But I just think of how simple it could be. Of no, I play a lot of franchise mode on MLB The Show. No, <laughs> I do that quite a bit. I, I I fancy myself as a GM and everything. But something that I I have Montero there in my roster. You know, doing a Rockies franchise. I have him up, and I'm finding a way to get him in regularly in the lineup where he's you no know, starting several times know maybe four to five times throughout the week or so getting plenty of at-bats because I'm working with splits so working with you no know, different platoons and also just shuffling guys around where it feels like everybody's getting a nice amount of reps throughout the week you no know, as they need rest and whatnot you no know, but again that goes to trying to manage of you no know, Bud Black likes to ride the guys that are have the hot stick. Now we're swinging a good bat. And I think that's kind of the thing is a lot of guys are just average enough where nobody's really standing out or suffering enough where he feels comfortable saying, okay, you're out of the lineup. I'm going to put Montero in.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's something that I, I really respect Buddy Black as a manager. I think he's a great manager, but it has always been a problem with him of getting the young guys playing time. And I used to uh, attribute it to, especially back in the in the Jeff Breage era era of you know, he's he's really being you know pressed on to play the guys that brightage signed. But at the end of the day, it's still Buddy Black's roster and Buddy Black's lineup. He sets the lineup and he's the one who needs to, Find a way to get everybody the playing time that he, they need, mm-hmm. and you know that can't all just fall on oh who's got the who's got the hottest bat right now or uh, who's who needs a day off or something like that. Sometimes you need to make the tough call of all right, CJ, you got to sit today so that uh, Alaris can get playing time, or hey Rymac, we need you to play second base today so that Montero can start at third. That kind of thing. You've got to be able to, to make these decisions, and it doesn't have to be that you're benching a guy mm-hmm. to play Montero, but you just need to be cycling out people as needed so that he is not, you know, getting three at bats in a week or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things, like we mentioned, you know, Jose Iglesias. I feel like he's that prime candidate. Like, yeah, he's been playing shortstop pretty much every single day. The times he hasn't started at shortstop is when Hampson or Alan Trejo have started at short. Instead, you could take, well, you know, heck, put Ryan McMahon at short. I don't care. Let's get wild at this point. Open a spot for Montero to play, I think, is kind of the point we're getting to. You, If you're going to bring up your one of your top prospects, one of your prized pro- prospects... That you got for Nolan Arenado, who just hit his second career cycle. You no, know, was just part of a Cardinals game where they hit four consecutive home runs in the first inning. If you're gonna bring your bring up your top prospect for that guy that you traded for, you gotta play him. You can't let him just sit there on the pine and you know, hope and pray he gets an at bat or two during the week. You know exactly. So a- Like,
1: he was the guy, the top prospect you got in exchange for Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. And to not be giving him the playing time that he needs is simply just not an acceptable outcome right now, regardless of how you put it. Even if the Rockies were, were setting the world on fire and, you know, leading the division or whatnot, you would still need to find a way to get him some playing time.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially if, like, the Dodgers are really good at this, they find a way. Cycle in guys. Giants do this a lot too. They have a prospect, they call up, that guy gets a lot of playing time and makes an impact. You no, know, maybe they're not the everyday starter, but they're getting quite a bit of action and they're just lighting the world on fire for those teams to help them win games. You know, and like that preps him where eventually, hey Montero, you're now gonna be our starting you no know, whatever. So that's a lot of things to figure out for him. And hopefully they do because you know, we know what power this kid has. He's still only 23, and he's, he's doing good. And we, I think we're all just hoping and praying that he can get a chance to really settle to, settle in at the big league level you know, and make a name for himself and prove himself you know, worthy of you know, the, being attached to that trade Forever, in Rocky's history. But that's a conversation we can build on another time as we will definitely talk about trades on another episode in the coming weeks. But we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here, Evan. Uh, Great conversations here but still plenty to talk about. When we come back we're going to talk about Daniel Bard. A little bit of an extension idea there. And We'll also hit on some other things with the All-Star Game, and it's the players of the month. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back here to Affected by Altitude. Thanks for sticking with us through that break. Uh, We're going to keep hopping into more things. One of the Rockies, I think, big trade chips this this season, Evan, happens to be their 37-year-old closer, Daniel Bard, uh, who is putting up a phenomenal season. Now, he's been a solid rock at the end of the bullpen. Uh, he's had relatively good three seasons in Colorado last year in 2021. It was kind of iffy at points, but he was really the main closer for most of the season. But he looks like he might be one of their best trade chips. But we also know the Rockies may be interested in extending Daniel Bard. And I just want to have this quick little conversation here of you know, what do we do about Daniel Bard? You know, what are your thoughts on potentially extending Daniel Bard?
1: It's, it's so complicated because... Bard does not have nearly the amount of mileage on his arm that mm-hmm. uh, a reliever his age would generally have, but he is still 37 years old, and you never know you know, how much he's going to have left in the tank, especially with a, a Rockies team that could really do with some more prospects. He is, he is incredibly valuable as a trade ship, as one of the better relievers in the league right now, uh, a whip under one, an ERA of 2.12 in 28 games. He's got 15 saves. He's been been absolutely everything the Rockies have needed in, and more as a back end of the bullpen guy. And I understand that the Rockies love him. I I really do because I love him. I think he's great. But I'm I'm at I'm at the point where you really need to be prepared to trade pretty much anybody you can for for prospects and and push a a rebuild because I just don't think this this core is going to be competitive in the grand scheme of things where we have any sort of a real contention window, especially this year. And it's tough because I normally would not be against extending Daniel Bard if it was for a reasonable amount for like, I don't know, two years, 12 million or something like that. Something, something fairly reasonable. that's not going to take him, you know, too, too long. Like you're not going to sign a guy like Bard to a five-year extension. He's 37 years old, <laughs> but at the same time, part of me is like, if he's going to be a free agent anyway, you might as well just trade him and then be like, hey, we'll meet at the negotiating table for an extension after the season's over mm-hmm. or something like that, where, I mean, it's it's not necessarily uh, a huge possibility, but it's very much a, you know, por qué, lo, por qué no los dos. Why not both at this point of seeing if you could work out something like, hey, we're going to trade you for some prospects so we can help reload our farm system here, but come back to us at the end of the year and we'll have a big bag of money waiting for you.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and this is something I explored in, you no, know, a ruck pile that filling in for your day on Thursday, uh, while you had the plague. <laughs> where you no, know, I explored this idea of extending Daniel Bard, and I kind of fell in that same ballpark as you did. You no, know, two years, just feels about right. You no, know, something along a C- along the lines of a CJ Crone extension. You no, know, two years, eleven or twelve million dollars or so, so not as huge pay bump um, from this season and whatnot, but still a relatively decent pay bump because he has been really good, and he is a valuable arm, and you know the Rockies love him as a leader in that bullpen for the young group, you know, his skills as a mental skills coach and whatnot, I'm sure, are very valuable to the team, you know, and like we mentioned, you know, that seven-year hiatus, he doesn't have as much mileage on his arm for a thirty seven year old. You no, know, that say Corey Kluber does right now or you no know, Zach Greinke or Clayton Kershaw. He doesn't have that mileage on his arm. So he's still relatively fresh in his career. But yeah, again, there's the natural aging process where we saw what happened with guys that are getting older. But hey, if Rich Hill can keep getting guys out at forty years old, you know, two years keep Daniel Barr roughly maybe through his age 39 season or at least till he's, like, 40. That's not a bad idea, but I think we're both in agreement, and I think a lot of people are in this ballpark and this camp. Trade him away. Get what you can. You know, you're not going to get, you know, a mind-blowing offer for him, probably. But you can get some guys that, you know, you can stash, maybe at the AAA level, AA level, somewhere in there, that aren't too far off from the big leagues. But could be very helpful pieces of depth. You no, know, we're not asking for guys that are gonna reshape the franchise as a whole, but guys that can come up and contribute. And I think Daniel Bard could get that. You know, in teams, Boston Red Sox, we know are probably interested. Uh Patrick Saunders saying teams like the Phillies, maybe the Marlins, other teams like that. Relievers are always in demand. And Daniel Bard's been one of the best this season.
1: Yeah, and it's like if we were to trade Bard to let, let's go with Boston since they're the, they're the ones we've heard the most about for being interested in, in his services. Ironically, the the team that he made his major league debut with, but it's not like the Rockies would be pushing for getting, you know, their top prospects like Marcelo Mayer or Tristan Cassis mm-hmm. for, for Bard, you know, that's, that's probably not going to happen even for a very good reliever. He's still uh, a reliever, which is a very volatile market. And, you know he's he's 37 years old but there are plenty of guys in sort of the the middle to bottom of their top 30 in prospects that are really really interesting guys who are a little bit higher in their development than some of the other Rockies prospects that we could stash guys who are like you said in in AAA or in Double A that we could maybe bring, like Heck, uh, shortstop Christian Koss, who we uh we traded to the Red Sox back in 2020 I think um is doing really well with the Red Sox in AA and he's you know their number 26 prospect. That's a guy who we could arguably bring back into the into the fold or something Ooh, like that. To something. Or uh they have some some really interesting pitchers sort of outside of their top 10 that I would be interested in seeing. Probably my favorite if um, if we're only looking at guys who are number ten and lower, you got to look at a guy like uh, the lefty Chris Murphy, who's in Triple uh, A this year, and and you could see him debut this year or next year, or or somebody like Connor Siebold or any of these other prospects who they're not you know top top prospects. Like you're you're not going to get uh, Brian Bello or, or somebody, but they're they're definitely someone who would be worth adding to the farm system. For you know, renting out Daniel Bard's services, and it's the it's the same for C.J. Krohn, um, to a lesser extent, where you know I've I've also looked at him going to the Red Sox because you know they're a team that could use a power hitting first baseman for sure, and there's definitely some interesting prospects we could get in exchange for him, but it's it's so tricky because you know that the Rockies don't really play the trade market. Uh, it's it's not something that they've ever really really done. This is. Going to be, I think, a huge test for for Bill Schmidt on whether he is his own man or he's just sort of operating as the uh, public-facing figure for uh, Dick Monfort's baseball decisions is really actually being sellers or not at the deadline. And for Daniel Bard, as much as I love having him on this team, and I, I. Would would love for him to spend the rest of his career with this team, however long that might be. For for all of the positives he brings to the table, I just feel like if you get a good offer for him, you you've got to take it, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's what you have to look at. You no, know, is what can we get for him? Because I'm sure Daniel Bard. You no, know, we heard from Patrick Saunders that the team probably would approach him with that scenario, like we mentioned. hey, we're looking at trading you. If that happens, we're going to stay in contact. We'll come back to you after the season because we'd love to have you back. And, you know, that's kind of our our hope, and we hope you feel the same way type of thing. Now, I don't know how all the intricacies of those types of trade and scenario things work, but I'm pretty sure, like, Daniel Bard knows the team wants him, they love him, they like to have him around. And he would definitely be know a guy to bring back and especially in that scenario of how much he means to that bullpen and how much he can help again like we mentioned before the intangibles he's that leader out in that bullpen heck if there's a scenario where he retires and instead we hire him as a coach I'm, i'll am i go that route too you know but i think bomba he's the piece you got to trade him get what you can and then you know reapproach him after the season and bring him back, and you know, pulling a as Chapman, and see what you can get from that. But
1: yeah, who definitely, because it's like, and and I I love the bringing up that you could always bring him in as a coach too. It's like that's definitely what it looks like we're going to be doing with Scott Oberg. Uh, Oberg's contract is up at the end of this season. I'm incredibly doubtful that he is a, ever able to pitch again. But you know that the Rockies have got him set up to be in, you know, uh, a more permanent position with this team and that's absolutely the same thing that they could do with Daniel Bard to a lesser extent of be like we're we we're at a point where we need to trade you and Mm -hmm. this is not because we don't want you here and this is not because we don't think you are valuable to this team because the moment the season is over you come back to us and we'll have a big old bag of cash waiting for you I think is is perfectly reasonable honestly back in the day that's kind of what I wanted to do with with Trevor's story before that bridge had been thoroughly burned have been like look we're going to trade you because then we can get prospects and you figure you're going to be traded anyway and then we would be delighted to negotiate with you once you hit free agency that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and they never did that but you brought up uh, a role as chapman and and you know that's the exact same kind of thing we should be looking at for bart of you know, reload and get something of value for him just for the, the last half of this season. And then you can always bring him back.
0: Yeah. There, there's plenty they can do with him, and there's plenty of different avenues, you know, because who knows how long Daniel Bard wants to keep playing, you know, maybe after this season, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've accomplished what I want to, especially if an ended, goes to a contending team, competes in the playoffs and does well. Or something, you know, if he's able to go that route and then says, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to retire. I'm going to, you know, spend time with my wife and kids now. You know, they supported me in this journey. Now I can go back to them, you know, and be Daniel Bard, the, the father, who could also, you know, have a job with the Rockies organization in a different context and keep on giving and supporting and being involved in the game in some way, you know, that that's the interesting thing is, ultimately Daniel Bard. It comes down to him. You no, know, we don't really know what what he wants to do with his career still. You now how long yeah. does he want to keep pitching, or what does he, what does he want to do?
1: You got to keep in mind he's thirty seven. Like that's long past the general shelf life of a baseball player and just because he doesn't have the the same mileage on his arm doesn't mean that he's going to be like yeah I'm going to just keep pitching until I'm 45, 46 or something Mm -hmm. until I've accrued that amount of mileage that someone my age would normally have
0: yeah and it's like I think that's that's the intangible and like the variable that we just don't know of well yeah the Rockies are intent on no, may have intentions to re-sign him, extend him. What are his intentions? How long does he want to keep playing for? You know, <laughs> it's the, that's the fun thing to think about. And kind of the interesting one. But it, it could be either way. Maybe he wants to be Jamie Moyer. Who knows? Or Bartolo Colon. You just never know. But overall, I, I think of a lot of the discourse and consensus that we've seen, and I think we're both in agreement here, No, trade Daniel Bard, get what you can for him, and then approach it after the season and see what happens and bring him back. If he doesn't come back, hey, we have some prospects. We have the memories, and he has that probably special affinity and connection with the Rockies. It's fine. He can go off and figure out other things for his career, and we can turn to some young arms or look for something else out there. So it's kind of a win-win regardless of what happens but you got to trade him.
1: Yeah. It's like and and probably round really rounding out on this topic before we move on. It's just like the Rockies are at a point where if you're over the age of 30, you should be considered for being being traded because it's I feel like we've seen enough of of this team to know that it's time to really Sort of try and recreate the team with the with the younger guys, and that means you know Randall Grichik, Jose Iglesias, Ilias uh, Diaz, if you can, C.J. Krohn, even uh, Colomay, Bard. Really, any of these guys who, if you can get value for them, if you get an offer, you take.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're also talking uh, any personnel over the age of thirty. Uh, let's see a good old fashioned. Coaching trade. I don't know the last time that ever happened, but... Hey.
1: I will take half of a grilled cheese sandwich in exchange for anybody who hires Dave Magadan away from us.
0: There you go. Heck,
1: I'll (laughs) give them the sandwich. I will make you a grilled cheese sandwich if you hire away Dave Magadan.
0: Doesn't even have to be a baseball team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, um... I don't know. Get him like a, a nice cushy office job at like an accounting firm. (laughs) Just, I, I, I get a lot of flack for, for hating on Dave Magadan and Dave Magadan, lovely individual. I great baseball guy, lifer. There is no (laughs) reason he should still have his, his coaching job here. Honestly, he probably never should have been hired to begin with.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a tough subject. <laughs> and we have talked about it at length, but this episode is not to be for that topic. But we because will... We like have any, more
1: interesting things to talk about.
0: Yeah, like any good television series or season, you know, we drop little breadcrumbs along the way for other episodes to capitalize on. Or we just ab- abandon those plot lines anyway. That's the fun part of this. But, like we were saying, let's move along here uh, to... It's July now. It's time for our Players of the Month. Uh, It'll just be Evan and I this time around, and then whenever we have Mac again, we'll get his picks, because we didn't ask him this time. But that's okay. So, Evan, if you... Well, I guess if you're listening to this for the first time don't know, we pick a Pitcher of the Month, a Player of the Month, and then out of those two... We pick our overall Rockies MVP of the month. And we've done it for April. We did it for May. So now we're doing it for June. Uh, just a little recap here. As always, back in April, all three of us picked Chad Cool as our pitcher of the month. And then in April, Mac chose Randall Gritchik as the player and MVP. Evan picked Connor Joe as the player and MVP. I picked CJ Crone as the player and MVP. Then our guest Kenneth, uh, he picked Daniel Bard as his pitcher and CJ Crone as his player and MVP of the month. In May, both you and Mac Evan picked Tyler Kinley and Brendan Rogers as your overalls, and Brendan Rogers was the MVP. I chose Tyler Kinley, and CJ Crone was once again my player and MVP of the month. So there's our running totals.
1: So, to cut things short, Skyler will be choosing CJ Krohn as his player and MVP for the month of June.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just express lane that.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been every month so far. And I can't blame you, because he's definitely been mo- one of the most valuable Rockies. But, we'll kick things off with my vote. And I did not choose CJ Crone for my position player of the month. <gasps> But he is probably my runner-up. Oh. My position player for the month of June, in 2022, is one Charles Cobb, Chuck Nasty Blackman, who slashed 308, 336, 523 in the month of June with five home runs, including his 200th career home run. Uh, he hit a triple for his 54th career triple, making him the Rockies' all-time triples leader for franchise history he only struck out 22 times uh drove in 18 rbis six doubles 33 total hits uh he has been the the chuck nasty of old really in in the month of june and he started to sort of pick back up again in may but june is really where he's been hitting his stride he's had uh two four hit games in the month of june and plenty of of two and three hit games. He's been he's been Chuck Nasty, and he's he's really again cementing himself as one of the you know, greatest to ever put on a Rockies uniform. As he keeps hitting these landmarks, these milestones, where he hit his fifteen hundredth career hit, his two hundredth career home run. He he's been great. Like I I, I really don't know what else to say in. Other than that, in uh, a month where we were still waiting to cr- get Chris Bryant back and, and things were really starting starting to wane, Charlie Blackman really stepped his game back up to what we know he's capable of. Especially, I think, as you know, having just turned 36 years old the other day, and he, he's largely not been playing in the outfield, him being mostly a designated hitter, has really helped, I think, to take some of the years off in terms of his overall mileage, where he's not having to run around like crazy in the outfield. He can focus on being there and taking strong at-bats, and that's exactly what he's done.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, what is your pitcher of the month?
1: Uh, So we just finished talking at length about our pitcher of the month, and that is one Daniel Bard uh daniel bard's been i think one of the best rockies pitchers as a whole this season especially now that tyler kinley is is out for the year uh, which is is just absolutely crushing but it's so nice to see that daniel bard is still going strong Uh, he only allowed an earned run once in the entire month of june and that was just the other day and before that it had been since like mid-may since he had given up a given up an earned run uh that one earned run was a home run he's only given up four total hits in uh 12 and one-thirds innings pitched in 11 total appearances he has 12 strikeouts he's got a slash line against of 103 234 205 in the month of june so people are just not hitting again hitting against him and his era for that for that month of june is only 0.73 he's been just showing his value. Like, like everything we talked about earlier, he's been having such a strong age 37 season with, without having all that mileage. And he's pitched, you know, every, every single outing in June, it's been at least a complete inning. He hasn't been pulled early. Uh, He even has one, two inning outing at the very beginning of June. And, and that, that really goes for how he's been as a whole, where uh, Daniel Bard's only been yanked early once, so far this entire season and other than that he's just been going out there and getting it done both versus lefties and righties where you know last year he he definitely had his struggles this year he's really put it together and I think June has been the showcase of his skills and of how good he's been for this team this season
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and out of those two who is your MVP
1: I'm gonna go with Charlie Blackman for for all the reasons i said earlier and more of of how exciting he's been to watch like the rockies have not been have not been good in in june and really this season in general but charlie blackman is a reason to tune into the rockies and he's especially been that reason to tune into the rockies in june especially with him hitting all these really cool career milestones that i think in and of itself would be would be enough but the fact that he's putting together just really solid performance here this season, especially in June, where he's pulled his batting average all the way back up into the two sixties, and he is—he's he, the guy you want to watch. He's—he is Mister Rocky right now, and especially for the month of June, he's my MVP.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, this may come as a surprise, but I hate every single choice you. <laughs> wow. I hate everything that you choose to be. Uh, No, I actually am in agreement on both of those. As my pitcher of the month is also Daniel Bard. And my player of the month and MVP is Mr. Charles Blackman. uh, For just being completely nasty all month. Uh, I think you hit it on the nail. It was just vintage Chuck all month. No, and, and I think that move... I think that was one thing that kind of came out of Chris Bryant going back on the injured list is that they opened up a place where okay, let's put Charlie Blackman in the DH spot his defense just isn't as good as it used to be Connor Joe, Randall Gritchick, Jonathan Daza are all better outfielders kind of, they at least have better legs and know-how and so you can feel comfortable moving Charlie Blackman to the DH spot where he's thrived. He's been doing fantastic, and I think that was something I think all of us were talking about. It's like Charlie Blackman would probably do much better if he was just strictly the DH primarily. And, no, he's gotten some games out in right field, and that's fine. You can put him out there. But I think that ability to really get into a groove offensively and focus on hitting first and foremost has really helped him out. No, he's the only other Rocky that has double-digit home runs this season now. After hitting five in, five in June. You no, know, drove in 18. And he scored 15 runs, so that's among tops. When the, the offense is better when Charlie Blackman is hitting and hitting well. And I think this is really interesting. A 3.46 batting average on balls in play. So when he puts the ball in play, good things happen. Happen for him. So... Yeah, Charlie Blackman, all month, just doing fantastic things. Same with Daniel Bard. I won't add on too much to that. Uh, just to reiterate, yeah, Daniel Bard's been fantastic. You no. Know, some of my runner up, runners-up for me in June, uh, Brendan Rodgers really continues to just be fantastic. Brian Servin had a fantastic month. 14 games, he had a 333 average. Had a home run, 15 hits overall. You no, know, still really reliable solid rookie catcher that we've got up right now. No, that that top part of the lineup. Crone unfortunately falls into like third place in my rankings for June. So uh hopefully he forgives me. Unless he gets traded, so then it doesn't matter. But yeah. And then one honorable mention I wanted to make pitching wise. Kyle Freeland, uh after no really a rough first month, along with Chad Cool they had really good months of June, and Kyle Freeland went three and zero in five starts, thirty three innings pitched, he had a three point two seven ERA. So he he had a fantastic June, and along with Chad Cool, those two have really been locking it down in the rotation. And also, let us not forget Chad Cool's phenomenal complete game shutout of the Los Angeles Dodgers.
1: That was amazing.
0: It was it's it's nice when something good happens against the Dodgers
1: It's nice when it's nice when something good happens for us. It's nice when that good thing happens against the Dodgers and it's nice when something bad happens to the dodgers exactly, <laughs> <laughs> especially when it's and 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 you're you're right about about Kyle is that our rotation has been so difficult this season, which is not something that anybody was expecting. And, you know, Kyle's really turned it around. Chad Cool's still been really solid. And and now all we can really do is just sort of hope that the other guys sort of follow suit.
0: Exactly. And that's all we can hope for. But, yeah, those are our, our players of the month for the month of June. Uh, when we hear from Mac, we'll we'll get his inputs really quickly on his guys, I'm sure. I don't see out of the question of him agreeing with us. But you never know. But, again, reiterate... Both of our players, our pitchers of the month were Daniel Bard. Player of the month, Charlie Blackman, who is also our team MVP for the player of the month. So we'll see what happens in the month of June. Uh, definitely a lot of shakeup. We've got a lot coming this month. We've got a lot coming this month still. Uh, there's the All-Star game. We've got the trade deadline. Plenty of other junk to talk about. So be sure to follow us all along this month.
1: Yeah, July is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: A a, there are there are a lot of
1: different things that could happen for this team, so I hope you will stick with us as we navigate that.
0: Or a whole lot of nothing could happen. You never know. It's just honestly, that might be worse. It, oh, it definitely would be. But it'd be a hilarious uh, plot twist. In this, it'd be weird very season. much par for the course. <laughs> It's like we hype up a really big, interesting show and then, you know, we just spend an hour talking about, I don't know, our tax receipts or something. Or we just have, we just explain the entire history of Kingdom Hearts and then I'll explain the entire history of The Legend of Zelda.
1: I feel like I can hear Mac just like huffing and puffing at the top of his lungs, sprinting to get into the recording booth now that you've mentioned Kingdom Hearts.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's a <it's> summoning <laughs> word guys i
1: hear you're talking about kingdom hearts
0: <laughs> but we'll always be here uh evan where can the folks find you so you can find me at my twitter account at evan underscore
1: lang two seven i would love to hear from you um on account of the aforementioned plague i've been pretty quiet the last week or so so hoping to sort of sort of rev back up on there uh i'm getting back to writing uh skyler thank you so much for covering me uh this week i will be doing my sunday game coverage and i should be back on the thursday rock piles again so get all that back to normal you can also find us on the official affected by twitter alt- uh wow screwed that up shows shows the amount of practice you can find us at the official affected by altitude twitter account which is at altitude effect and Skylar, where can our lovely listeners find you?
0: You can find me wherever the light touches the stars. <laughs> uh, that, that was a lot more inspiring than I... <laughs> wasn't as inspiring as I hoped it would be. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at @sideline_crowd. sideline underscore crowd. Doing my Sunday rock piles typically. Also had the most previous, our most recent Thursday rock pile. Where I wrote about Daniel Bard, extension, and for this Sunday, writing about a, I wrote about a Chad Cool, potential extension idea, so you can look forward to that. As always, my other Thursday or Sunday rock piles and news articles as they happen. Uh, also, if you're in the Northern Colorado area, come out to the Northern Colorado Owls games. I'm working them. You can hear my voice over the PA announcements and stuff. It's fun time. Come support some local or I guess independent baseball, and I'll get a look at some of these young players looking to make it big. Uh, It's pretty fun stuff. But that's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. Uh, Evan, again, as always, thanks for joining us. And all you listeners, thank you for always tuning in and supporting us. We appreciate it greatly and hope to hear from you. And let us know, as always, things you'd like to hear or hear us talk about interact with us you know, we're open to any and all suggestions and feedback but until next time let's go Rockies survive everybody it's going to be a rough month hopefully not but it may be and we'll just keep at, pushing along at least we've got that Stanley Cup huh yes we've got that Stanley Cup and they can never take it away from us never uh, go Avalanche go Avs go Evan hit him with it farewell carry me home